Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Do you have your Bibles today with you? Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. The book of Hebrews chapter 3. We're very excited about this semester. How we do things here at Riverside Church, we go by semesters. Um, we used to go by more sermon series. We'll probably do that um, probably in December and January. But throughout the year, we try to follow semesters now. And we've given you a synopsis and a, uh, a curriculum to follow with the extra reading and so forth. So if you'll grab your booklet, we're going to read first together the very beginning, the introduction to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to do our very best to convey this. We want to do our best to serve you, to help you, to encourage you, and really grab the essence of the book out. If you have your book, let's just say, I've got it. Are you ready? You ready? Let's go ahead and read that together. Hebrews chapter 3, it conveys the fact that Jesus is our faithful high priest who eternally resides over the house of God as a son. The actual topic for this chapter is called Jesus is greater than Moses. So it shows Jesus' superiority to Moses and the covenant of the law. And this chapter, we're going to learn also that it serves as a warning to the hardness of heart and being lured away by sin and unbelief. So we want to encourage all of you. Every day, we want to be an encouragement to somebody. How many of you believe that? That where life was meant to be encouraging. That your life was meant to lift someone else up aren't you glad when someone comes into your life and they encourage you and lift you up when you're down well that's what God's called us to be and we stand strong to the end with the confidence that we have in Jesus Hebrews chapter 3 let's go ahead and get into that Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 and 15 I'm going to be reading out of the New King James it says this Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, can you say that with me today? Today, as if you will hear his voice, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the, in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, they tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, God says. And said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And we know the rest to them was the promised land. But now we know it has a spiritual connotation to that for us now. But when you read further, it tells you to beware. Verse 12, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you uh, with an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Again, once again, this is the writer writing to Hebrews. It is one entire letter broken up into chapters and verses that deals with the transition from the old law and the old tradition into a new way of life under a new covenant. 
Although he is writing to Hebrews, you and I are still under the body of Christ to become one. We are the natural Jew. We are the seed of Abraham by faith. Everything still applies to us, but we have to grasp it and understand what and how he was trying to convey the reality of Christ through the old house, the tabernacle, and to the new house. Well, we're going to get into that in a minute. But the one thing we want to convey to you today is this, is that it's where your heart is, it's where Jesus lives. The significance of that is so great. When you grab a hold of it, it'll change your life when you understand the principle of how God worked in the Old Testament. So now he works how he works in your life now. So if you're ready to receive, somebody say, God bless this sermon. God bless this lesson. Give God one more hand clap of thanksgiving because he's so good to us. He deserves it all the time. In Jesus' name, you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for worshiping and being here with us. Thank you for watching us online. We counted a blessing just for you to be here with us virtually and personally. This is a very significant chapter for us during this season. This is a very important scripture text that we just read. It's, it's dealing with the Hebrew children while they were in the wilderness. And they experienced God like no one else. In fact, so much that they would carry it on and reference that Exodus so many times. And they would relate the significance of Moses' position, of how Moses was the lawgiver and Moses brought the covenant agreement. And they took pride in that. They took, they took it personally because their, their forefathers were the ones who led them out through such a great exodus from those ten plagues that happened. Um, to the last plague of the taking of the firstborn where the blood was shed for them through the animal sacrifice and they covered their doorpost and death passed over them and we understand the symbolism now and the and how it now pertains to us but but the writer is now telling them that although they came out of Egypt with the strong hand of God's deliverance they had hard hearts and they forgot something when they first came out, it was so exciting for them. They even sung a song that Moses wrote according to Exodus 15. If you want to jot that down in your notes, you can look at that later. Exodus 15 and verse 1 through 15 actually references a song that was sung by Moses and the children of Israel where they celebrated that great exodus. It says in this song that something like this, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and his riders have been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my strength. And he has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him. My father's God. And I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. For the Lord, he is, is his name. And. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies have been cast into the sea. His chosen captains are now drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. 
and they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, your right hand has become glorious in power, and your right hand, O Lord, has dashed our enemies to pieces. That was the song they sang. That was a song written in celebration and commemoration of everything that God had done for them, and they remembered this. So like a good racehorse, they were great coming out of the gate, but they didn't have enough to get them to the end of the race. They were excited about the experience. You see, in Egypt, they couldn't worship their God freely. In Egypt, their families were tormented. In Egypt, they didn't have the liberty and the civil rights that they would have experienced prior. Prior to that taskmaster life that they had, they had a, a blessed life through, through, through Joseph. You know the story? How many of you remember when, when God had blessed Joseph? Joseph was blessed and with his giftings and his abilities to hear the voice of God. And then he, 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 he kind of explained for the next 14 years what was going to transpire. And, and God used him to bless them during the, during the seven years of prosperity and, and the seven years of famine. And, and during that time frame, God brought back Jacob and his brothers and he blessed them with property there. Blessed them with land, and they simply began to multiply, and they began to grow, and they began to experience the favor of God. In fact, this is what caused a lot of fear to come into Pharaoh's heart, just because God's people were multiplying, and they were afraid that they would overtake them. They had a good life in the very beginning, but somewhere along the way, somebody was raised up, and they forgot Joseph, and they didn't know God because Joseph had a relationship with God, but somehow those attributes weren't passed down. It's so important, everyone, that church family, just to know that just because your prayer life is strong doesn't guarantee your children's will be either. But it's so important for us to learn how to pass this generational blessing and this lifestyle that we have. And that's why our value here at Riverside Church is family, one of our values, because we believe that God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to bless your entire family. So we look at these examples and we look back and try to learn from them. And that's exactly what God was trying to tell the Hebrews to the writer of Hebrews and tell them, remember your forefathers. Remember how and what condition you were in before God found you. Remember that the old lifestyle you used to have, you were a slave. Now, God brought you out as a son. Remember that, that there's going to be a time in your life where we're going to forget about the goodness of God, and we need to remind ourselves where God brought us from. I don't know about you, but I wasn't raised in church. I, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know the church way. I had to pick up church jargon. I had to learn Christianese. I, I, I didn't understand, you know, the ethics, and I didn't learn how to love and understand how to forgive. But I'm so thankful for a merciful God who learns how, who's, who's taught me how to, and you and I both how to forgive because we've been forgiven, right? How many of you have ever had a second chance? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever had like a hundred second chance, a thousand of them, and, and the eyes of God is just like the first time, right? And so God's so good to us. And so he simply begins to convey this and he simply begins to write to them and tell them, just like 
he wrote to the Philippian church. To the Philippian church, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 18, he says, For many have walked, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. The cross represents self-denial. The cross represents light burdens in the eyes of God, because how many of you know God helps you carry your burdens? It represents responsibility. It represents commitment. And, and he says some have gone away from the cross and become enemies of that mentality is what it was. And whose end is destruction and whose God is their belly. Now, before you go there, let me just tell you, he wasn't talking about their stomach. He was talking about their desires. He was talking about their, their drive and their, their desire for things. And they were self-motivated for what they wanted what they found satisfaction in, and I think we're all susceptible to that. But he tried telling them, hey, listen, all of us are susceptible to start off great, but also not being able to finish what God has started. But that doesn't mean that God has left us, but most of the time we leave God. Most of the time, well, all the time, God said, he said, I will be with you all the time. I'll never leave you or forsake you, but... We never look at ourselves and ask how many times we've left or forsaken him or gone off the beaten path to a beaten path that didn't lead to the will of God. And so you don't think I'm just preaching to you. I'm going to tell you I'm the first one to admit in this house. I know what it is to step outside the will of God. I personally know what it's like to not be obedient to what God says. Uh, you know, I've been in ministry for over 20 years or so, and I've lived for God for some time, but... I feel like every day is a new day, and I'm still learning more. And I, when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. Now I don't think I know a thing. Now I understand now that I have to go to him for permission, and I'm more sensitive now because every day is a new day, and I don't care if I had a great yesterday. Today's a new day. Today is the day the Lord has made, and that's part of the secret for living for God is looking at the day, and that's what the writer was saying. Today, if you will, hear his voice. Today, focus on today. Stop getting overwhelmed about tomorrow. Stop getting encumbered with so many responsibilities, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And we live life like a checklist, and we mark it off our Google calendar sometimes, and we feel like we've accomplished something. But we're doing a lot of things without him sometimes. When he wants to do life with you, don't make Jesus another check mark on your rule, on your calendar, folks. Make sure that Jesus is with you throughout the day. We need him. We, I, I, need, I know I need him. Desire him. But never forget where God brought you from. Never forget what God brought you from. Someone wrote this and said, count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes and count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your fears and count your courage instead of your tears. Count your wealth instead of your health. Count your health instead of your wealth and count on God instead of yourself. We have to depend on him. We need him. No matter how smart we get, no matter how qualified we feel, remember, we came from dust. And God took mud, formed us, 
and then breathed life. He breathed life into us, and we didn't become anything until we had the breath of God. But sometimes we can almost forget. We can become so blessed that we forget where God brought us from. I, I remember, I remember when, when my wife and I were first married and we had our first baby. She had our first baby. I was there to help her. Um, I, I remember I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make ends meet at first. I had a drive and I had a desire, but I remember that there were times we didn't have money for groceries and have money for diapers. And I, and I, don't ever, and I won't ever forget the day that we, we stayed in our home and just gave ourselves to God and just started to worship and started to ask him for direction. Instead of worrying, we just started praying. And it was like clockwork. God met us every time. Someone would knock on the door sometimes before cell phones, right? They'd just show up at your house. We'd open up the door sometimes, and there'd be somebody standing there with a bag full of groceries and some diapers. And say, God, put it in our heart to bring this to you. And, and we just were floored, so happy, grateful. But as God began to bless us and God began to bless me on the job and he began to open up doors for us, I went from making $6 an hour to almost $40 an hour one time in my life. And when we got there, we had a lot of needs, needs met. It was easy to live for God in that state, in the state of having needs met that we would thank God at times, but we didn't really depend on him like we used to. And I looked back and I realized something. And I asked myself this, and maybe you can be real with me or maybe you can think along with me right now and ask yourself the same question. Why did it seem like I was happier when I had less? Why did it seem like it was much more exciting? Not to say, like, I want to go back there, right? Yeah, that's a, I'm thankful for where I'm at now, but I think the reason is is because we forget. We forget. But when we realize God has bigger and better plans, and it doesn't stop there. God wants you to continually reach and grow and excel and go to the next level. And, but we can sometimes become so comfortable in our present blessings that we forget that God has more, and we forget where we come from, and that's exactly what God was trying to tell the Hebrews. You came out of, the pro you came out of Egypt you went through the wilderness, but then when you got into the promised land, he even told Solomon and he told the prophets, tell them when they get into the promised land, don't forget me. Don't forget that I brought you through the wilderness. I brought you through with even it was manna, something you couldn't even describe and it didn't have much flavor, but it kept you alive. It kept you alive. I told my wife the other day, I sure do appreciate chicken and rice and rice and beans. Man, I, when I got married, my wife is white, but I got a Latino to come over and teach her how to make homemade tortillas so we can survive during the famine. I appreciate rice and beans. I know you know nothing about arroz con pollo, do you? Oh, you know nothing about How many of you know something about the rice and beans? I'm not ashamed to say we went through that error, but we were happy because we know God put that bean on our, on our plate, right? 
We know God brought it to pass. You do the best with what you got for where you're at. It's going to get better. For somebody who's just beginning in life, to the married couple that's young right now, it does get better. But don't forget where God brought you from. God blesses you. God wants to enable you. God wants to put you in a position of influence, but he wants you to stay humble, and he wants you to remember that it was him. So point number one, you got to remember you have to beware of a hardened heart. Point number one, you have to remember that no one is, no one is out of range so far that you can't get a hardened heart. I'm going to give you seven quick things, indications to do a heart check in your life, to make sure that you don't have a, a hardened heart. There is prevention. There is some preventatives. Here's one of them. The first one is you can't live in hopelessness. Hopelessness. Thinking that there's no hope and thinking there's no way. Hopelessness will give you a hard heart because you think that it's over and you'll convince yourself that there's no way. How can God do this? Let me tell you something. When there's no way, he is the way. He'll always provide a way. He'll always make a way. He'll always give wisdom, blessings, provision. God never fails. God never fails. Worry, number two, worry can lead to a hardened heart. You can be so overwhelmed with tomorrow you forget about today. That's why he said to the Hebrews, Remember today, if you will hear his voice, trust him. Don't worry. You know what brings anxiety into our life? What causes anxiety? It's the unknown. We don't know. And therefore, we worry. We worry about the outcome because we don't know the outcome. But to the believer, your, your omniscient God, who was Everywhere in his kairos of time moment in the past, present, and future. He lives in eternity, not in our time chronologically. We go from sunrise to sundown. We go from, you know, morning to evening. But for God, it's eternity. But somehow through a relationship with him, we tap into his presence. And he makes us understand that he holds our tomorrows. Why? Because he's already there. Because he's already there. That's why David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That means that no matter who's there, what's there, God's always going to make sure I get there and get through. He'll make a way. Number three, we become insensitive towards others and their needs. That's what the problem was in the wilderness Everyone was concerned about themselves, their own households. But again, in that third chapter of Hebrews, the writer says, encourage one another. I want you to turn to somebody right now. I want you to tell them this. Be encouraged. God's going to come through. Now, now, if God's ever brought you through something, if he's ever done anything for you, I want you to turn to the other person, your second choice, and I want you to look at them, and I want you to tell them, because he's done it for me, he can do it for you. Come on, tell somebody.
Why do we come to church? I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why. Because this is where we encourage each other. This is where we tell each other. This is where I'm telling you right now. You're going to make it. You're going to come through this. We're all going to get through this pandemic. And we are going to be stronger and better than where we, what be, than where we were before. Some of us have lost loved ones during this time. But let me encourage you. They're in a better place right now. There's no pandemics where they went. There is no problems there. God is faithful. Sometimes the prayer that comes back as a no doesn't mean it's a denial. It just means it's a delay. God has something better. God has something better. Don't worry about it. But listen, it's better to give than to receive. When you encourage someone, the scripture says that he that watereth others himself will be watered. That means that when you encourage others and you look after them and you bless them, God's going to bless you. Don't let greed become part of your life. Number four, a dry devotional time in your life. Dry devotion in your life is a form of religion. This leads to a hardened heart. It's when we're so scheduled and pressed for time, we feel like we just have to go through the ritual of reading our Bible, saying our prayer, and moving on, and wait for the next moment. Wait for the next train to come in. There have been people sometimes that call me and they ask me to pray with them. The one question I always ask them, are you driving? Are you in a place where you can focus or you need to get by yourself? Or if it's possible, you want to pull over? Because sometimes multitasking really isn't a gift. Multitasking just means that we're dispersing our energy in so many places. But if you're just focused on the one thing, that one thing will create a domino effect in your life and help everything else in your life. And Jesus is the one thing, the one person who can help you with every area of your life. And if you'll put him first, put all your energy there, learn just to say no, wait, I'll get with you later. I can't make it. I've got something going on. If anyone ever calls me and I have to spend time with Jesus. And if I've done this to you, don't be mad. But if I feel God tugging on me and I got to go spend time with him, I got to tell him I got a meeting. Because it is that important to me. I've got a meeting. I'll call you after my meeting. Who are you meeting with? I'm meeting with the King of Kings, I'm meeting with my rest. I'm meeting with my counselor. I'm meeting with my great physician. I'm, I'm meeting with the great shepherd. I'm, reading, I'm meeting with the CEO of my businesses. That's what I'm meeting with. I'm meeting with the one who has all the answers. I'm meeting with the one who wrote this book, who gave life, who put the word into fulfillment, who became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's who I'm meeting with you got to prioritize it. Number five, you can't let fear grab a hold of your heart because fear will cause you to make wrong decisions with wrong emotions. Number six, you can't allow sin to come into your life and dominate you. And I, I just feel to say this, and I want you to know your sins will find you out. And it begins with your imaginations and your thoughts. And it will come to surface because God loves you enough to not let you be the way you are and continue the way you are. 
God loves you enough. He wants you to change from who you are to what you can be. But you know the scripture says that Moses desired to become the, the part of the outcast of being part of Israel rather than enjoy sin for the season of pleasure with Egypt. The scripture says that sin is actually pleasurable. Let's be real. Sin does feel good. But this is where we have discernment and understanding, grow and realize not everything that feels good is of God. But where does God come into our life and God begin to replace those pleasures and God begins to give place only when we give him a chance. Only when we stop and give him a chance. Don't allow the S-I-N, sin, to keep you away from becoming a son. The only difference is those two letters, the I and the O. It's the I that gives us the problem. I, me, my selfishness. Get rid of the I. Let the God of glory just make you a son. Here's the last one of that. Stubbornness. Keep looking straight. Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at anybody else. Keep looking straight. Stubbornness. Ego. Pride. Pride. Things that even in our spirit, you may not say it, but in your spirit, you're like, I ain't going to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't have to do that. You know, when we, don't, when we do that to God, it's like God says, fine, go ahead. Do what you like to do because he's a gentleman. My kids have learned a long time ago. I go to my kids now, and I'll, ask, I'll tell my kids, I'll tell them, the younger ones, the old ones know this already. But I go to the young one, my youngest boy, and I'll say, I say, come on, son, go with me. And he says, where are we going? Can we go here? Can I get this? I said, son, trust me, let's go. And so every time they, he comes with me, somehow daddy's good. Daddy blesses him. Somehow we end up with snow cones and raspas and we have a good time. Every time he's with me, I make sure we have a good time. We do something good. So next time I ask him to go with me, he remembers that when he's with daddy, he's blessed. So now he doesn't ask me all the time where we're going. He just knows when I'm a daddy, I'm going to get blessed. That's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. As long as you're walking with Him, something good's always going to come out of, of this relationship. Don't question the hand that leads you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't, don't get offended by the hand that corrects you and, and helps you. Know that God works all things out for your good. He has something good for your life. He has your best interest at heart, and He is going to bless you. That's why sometimes you have to have a heart check. We need a heart check. We need some every once in a while. You've got to stop and say, Lord, here I am. This is where I need to be. Again, we read it to you. I've got to move on. We read it to you in, in the 13th chapter. It says that in the 13th chapter, but exhort one another daily because 
uh, while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, check your heart. Encourage each other. Be there for one another. And understand that nobody can live for me by themselves. You need me. You need me. I need a heart check every day. Some of you know the, 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 the one thing I've been doing, I need a towel. The one thing I've been doing lately, I've been into bike riding. Started last year, I got on, the, on a mountain bike, and I thought, well, this is going to be fun. I remember when I rode bike when I was little. How many of you rode bicycles when you were little and you had fun? How many of you, uh, your parents bought you a bike with training wheels? Remember that? Anybody? Raise your hand. Training wheels? I didn't have training wheels. I was Latino, so my parents put me on the car. My, my brothers put me on the, on the bike, and they would push me real fast. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Latinos when it comes to teaching their kids, but it was a rough education. Like, growing up, nobody, I thought, you know, I've seen other people out there. Now, with our kids, we held them out. We let them do their little feet, how cute it is, right? The little little bodies going across. Not me. My dad was like, get out there, boy. <laughs> Swim. Stop crying. <laughs> ride. Just ride. Hold it. You know, fall. Jump off. Jump off. Well, when I first started riding, it was a new experience for me because it wasn't the same when I was a kid. Um, it, it was something I was going to do and determined to do for my health and better myself. So I started riding, and, and I realized that, you know, I thought, man, well, the first mile, I thought I was somebody. I rode a mile. In my own mind, I was thinking, wow, that's great. And I got to five miles. I thought, oh, man, that's, that's, that's good. I'm doing real good. Got to 10 miles, like, man, I'm the man. Then I met a guy at the park one day, and I asked him how many miles he rode a day. He said, I ride 25 miles a day. And I go, oh, shoot. <laughs> Didn't know you people existed. <laughs> and I said to myself, if this guy can do it, I can do it. But I started feeling like I was going to have a heart attack, right? I was like, oh, my God. So I was blessed with this Apple Watch. And the cool thing about this Apple Watch is it checks your heart rate. So you can hit a button, and uh, it shows you what your beats per minute is, and it shows you where you're at, your resting rate, and where you're actually at, at you know. And I started riding past my, past my limits, and, and I wanted to make sure I was in my zone, right? They say if you stay within the certain zone, you can get some fat burning going, and I just want to make sure I didn't die, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, my God, back down a little bit, right? Back a gear down. So yesterday I rode to Quero and back. And yeah, that's 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 for real. I rode to Quero and back. Somebody said, Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> Follow me on Strava, I'm there. I got to a place where I conditioned my heart to hold a certain level of activity. Where now, with God's grace and God's help, if you knew my health story, you'd know it's a miracle because I wrecked my health during the first five years of pastoring this church, working a full-time job, 
working as an instrumentation technician out of the power plant, working and pastoring this church, raising a family. I was burning at both ends of the candle, and I wrecked my health. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't eat right. I didn't take vitamins. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And more than that, I let my prayer life get away from me. And I learned that I couldn't handle the stress. But I also learned now that the Holy Spirit can handle more than I can. So I learned how to pray. That's where I got a prayer life, by wrecking myself and learning through bad experiences, by falling and by getting. There was a year in my life where I couldn't do nothing but lay in bed and pray in the Spirit. That's all I can do. I had to have other people come and preach for me. I had a bad place in my life, but I learned something. I learned that if I'll just take one day at a time and make the best of that day, and I've learned to focus on hearing the voice of God, and I learned to take care of myself because now it's not, I'm not just somebody. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I belong to God. And it's more than that. You see, that was the big issue. The big issue was that he was telling the Hebrews, hey, Moses built the tabernacle, but Jesus is now residing inside of you, and now you are the tabernacle, and now you are the house of God. Number two, and point number two, and I'm coming to a close, your body is his house. This is not health and fitness. The point I was trying to make and trying to convey to you is this. You have to, in every level of your life, where you live for God and get stronger in your faith, you have to always monitor your heart. Without monitoring your heart, you cannot have the endurance necessary in your faith to go the length and go the yards and go the miles that God wants you to go. People become weary in their life because they've not taken time to condition their spirit. When you condition your spirit man, your spirit man will determine how far and how effective you can be in your body. This body is nothing more than a tool for God to use. It's your spirit man that God works through, but it's the mechanics that are very important. So we take care of that. But when we get the revelation... That Moses built a tabernacle, Jesus built the temple, your temple, your body. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? That's the question that, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Do you, know, you do not belong to yourself, for God brought you, bought you with a high price, and you must honor God with your body. That means that I have life because he gave it to me, and my life can't be wasted. It has to be filled with purpose. We have purpose. We have an assignment. We have a reason for living. But we have to allow what's inside of us to work on God's behalf. And when you allow yourself, when you allow yourself to let God live through you, you're going to see your life with tremendous breakthroughs. Tremendous breakthroughs. What is it right now in your mind, in your life, in your spirit that you need God to break through into? Where do you need your breakthroughs at? Where do you need God to work? Let the Spirit of God check you. 
Is there hopelessness in some areas? Do you deal with, with unbelief, with doubt, with anger, with fear, with worry, with insensitivity? You're insensitive to other people and, 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 and you let selfishness grab a hold of you or stubbornness. Are your, are your devotions dry right now because you feel so overwhelmed by the, by the responsibilities you have? Here's what I want to tell you. Stop. Like you did today, today, right now, you stopped and you came to the house of God. You stopped and you're watching online. You stopped and you took time to sharpen your inner man to get what you need because you want God with you the rest of the week. You want God with you today. So tomorrow, when you wake up, you got to put God first. Got to let God be there. Why? Because God's building this house. He's, he's not through with me yet. He's still building the house. I'm excited about the new church property and the new building, but I'm more excited about seeing God change lives, seeing people grow, watching your life ex- just begin to explode and expand. There's a lot of you that are here. I, I could prophesy over some of you, and I can discern and understand as a pastor. I understand the calling in your life. Some of you were meant to be influencers. Some of you were meant to be business people. Some of you were meant to hit in the market arena and become wealthy for the kingdom of God and become kings. Some of you were meant to be priests. Some of you were meant to go out there and be a teacher and be someone who can influence others. Some of you have a prayer life that still is in reservation, but don't let your prayer life sit on the sidelines. Don't let your spirit man be out of the game. Get God involved strong in your life. Make that connection with them on a daily basis because you are the tabernacle. You see, as long this is what the Hebrew children knew, they knew, and even David knew, as long as they had the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and they had that system in the midst of them, they would never lose a battle to the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and all of the enemies that surrounded them, the Philistines. They would never lose as long as they continued in their worship. As long as they allowed God to be the center of their nation, they would be blessed. But they failed. They fell short. And finally God said, I I, I gave them a tabernacle. Now I'm going to make them the tabernacle. And wherever they are, I will be with them. And if they'll focus on worship and they'll focus on putting me first, there's not one devil that can stop them from fulfilling my will in their life. There's not one trouble that they'll face that will overcome them. And as long as they'll worship me and as long as they'll put me first and as long as they'll count on the day instead of worrying about tomorrow, and put me first in the day they're going to see me work out their problems the scripture says when a man's ways please the Lord's he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him (laughs) let God arise and his enemies be scattered You serve an awesome God, and this is what you have to remember. The same God that brought the locusts, the same God who brought the frogs, the same God that brought the ten plagues, the same God that brought them out of Egypt, that is your God right now. And you can't yearn for the past. Forget about the past because we have a tendency to look back and let our our belly become our God, our old desires. You see, we know what it tastes like to have, we know what it's like to have meat from Egypt. 
God brought us out of an old lifestyle. And I got to tell you, it was pleasurable, but I have no intent going back. I have no reason to go back. There's nothing there. God has something better for us. And if during this moment, if it seems like a wilderness, and if it seems confusing, and this pandemic, 2020, I mean, one of the most confusing times of the year, years we've ever faced, but yet one of the most gratifying with growing with God and understanding that God helps us in these moments and he's developing us and he's with us and he's going to help us and he's going to bring us through this. It's a time to get equipped. It's a time to grow. It's a time to get your relationship because God's getting us ready to enter into a promised land. How many of you believe that this Sunday morning? God's getting us ready right now. Forget about the past. You, you're not, you're, don't be fearful. You're not going to fall back into addictions. You're not going to fall into failure. God's not going to allow that because you've got a God inside of you who would defeat every one of your enemies. And if you'll just take the time right now just to worship him, you're going to find that the glory of God is going to come into your life. And the glory of God is going to do some things that you can't do. You see, the anointing will work through you, but the glory will work over you and around you. And God begins to get the credit for all these things. And all you've got to do is worship him. Will you stand to your feet and worship him this Sunday morning? There's such a tugging in this place. There's such a tugging in the atmosphere right now. I close with this closing thought. Only God can keep the house clean. You see, he, Jesus is the only one that can forgive us. He's the only one that can restore us. He's the only one that can see us through. Depend on him. If you are in a place right now where you need God to deal with some of these issues of the heart, tell him, Lord, clean this house. Just make that your declaration. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you've gone astray. Maybe you have, have been in that place where you've been doing it your way. Will you just stop right now and say, Lord, forgive me. I give you my heart. Become the Lord of my life. I commit myself to you right now. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of being selfish. Forgive me for being stubborn. Forgive me, dear God, for being so worried, to worrying so much about the future and and, and all of these plans I've got. Father, I, I want to make your plans my plans right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray for you. Will you lift up your hands? Will you lift up your hands right now and surrender? I'm going to pray for you if you'll receive it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you let the fire of God begin to flame inside of our hearts. For every person that's hungry today, that you renew them in their faith that you give them a revelation, Father, and an understanding that they are more than just people, more than just a person, more than just a title, more than just space taking up in this world, that they are the house of God. They are where the glory and the Spirit of God abides in this world. And wherever you are, God, everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. So work through their fam work through their hearts, through their minds. God bless their families, bless their jobs. Go with them, God, in business. Go with them, Father, in their ventures. Go with them, dear God. Become the CEO of their life. Become the CEO of their businesses today. Become the counselor, Father, for every decision they have to make. Become the mighty warrior. Jehovah Gabor, become the one who is mighty in battle in their life. Don't let any enemy, God, overrun the boundaries. 
Don't let any of their enemies, God, let them all stumble and fall, Father, when they come upon them. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? For we will fear nothing, dear God. Bless your people with faith today. Bless them with faith today, right now. Right now. Peace, faith, love, right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.